This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the More Business, More Life podcast. This show is for socially conscious leaders entrepreneurs, CEO founders that have found success, but they yet they don't have the ideal life that they would like. And what we're going to do is bring in concepts and systems so that we can increase business with millions of additional revenue while lowering our work hours, ideally below 40 hours a week. We call this more business, more life. And it's an and, not an or. We don't have to have either or. We can actually systemize this to have both. And those are the concepts we're going to come with each episode. Sometimes we might talk a little bit more about business, sometimes more life, most of the time, both. (laughs) So welcome to the show. Welcome to the More Business, More Life podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how do we work on ourselves? How do we work on our mindset and our healing, our personal healing, so that we can have the outer reality that we want? How do we improve our life? And then how does that affect others around us as well? So how do we start with ourselves and do that inner work and be able to blossom the fabulous life that we want? And we're going to talk about all the, the things that we found and share as much as we can. So let's jump in. We are talking about a topic that's really near and dear to our, our heart today and why mindset and healing comes first. You know, oftentimes we, and I've done this personally, we want something in our life and we go work really hard or some people call it the grind and we, and we go for the money because many of us or, or whatever success that is, right? Like drive your career and that so that we can have financial success so that we can be and do what we want. The problem I found with that over the years is that then when you arrive at that point of success, then you don't actually have what you want. I'll kick us off with like a great metaphor that I've used. It's kind of like buying a house custom and it's going to be built to your liking, but you spend no time investing in the design. No time. So you walk in the house and it's not the house you want. And this is what I find for many millionaires that I've gotten to work with. They actually go and become a millionaire. And then they actually don't know what they want. I've seen this also in career. People drive the career ladder in the corporate world and they get to the position they thought that was going to give them all the success or their the life, the freedom that they want. Come to find out they feel more lost. And so this is about working on ourselves first, working on who we are and And I've said this many times, I know on this podcast, but it's so worth repeating. I thought when I started my quest on personal growth that I was going to become a better person. Now, you could argue that I have. I hope people do because I do feel like I'm living a better life. But that came from me letting go of all the things I thought I was supposed to do. So for me, what personal growth is now is becoming, allowing, it's not even becoming, allowing myself to be my truth, to allow myself to be who I'm meant to be. And so that's the first step. 
right? Like we think that if we go get money or we go accomplish this thing, then then our true self will come out, but we're doing a bunch of things. And what I've found is when you actually allow your true self to be your true self, then more abundance comes because in, in a spiritual way and in a very visceral way in our body, we are living our truth. And when you're in your truth, you will be rewarded. It's a big, big topic. And it's easier said than done because we've been trained. We've been trained to go do this, go do that. So all the work I've done, and I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to reprogram my mind and change my belief system so that I could choose to be Steve. Like I could let go of all the layers of the onion that were put on me. And they were mostly by people that love me. And I'm not blaming either. Like it, you know, everyone does what they think is the best for, especially for their children or for their, or for the, their community, their neighbor. But a lot of times we don't ask or find out what the person really desires, what they really want or need to do. And we just make these suggestions like go to, go to college and become this person, go do this, go do that. And we start doing all these things that we think we're supposed to do. And I guess so part of this, part of the healing and part of the mindset is to allow yourself to be your truth. So I guess first to the group, to Stephanie's here with me, Melissa and Giovanni, my beautiful team. I am so blessed to have all of you here. And I know we've talked about this many times over the years, but I guess I'm curious, like, I guess the first place to start is to notice this. I mean, like, what did it take for you to notice that maybe you were deciding because of other reasons and not your inner truth? Like, it, it, I guess, because that's the first step, right? Awareness. So I guess I'm really curious, when did you become aware that maybe you were living someone else's purpose and not yours? Deep question. I know, I go right to right to the deep one, right, Stephanie? Well, I think it... <laughs> No warm up, <laughs> no, no appetizer. Let's go right to the main course. <laughs> I mean, I think it was having someone to help you look in the mirror, but not even that for me. I mean, that was you for me initially through our work together. But I think it was when things got really painful, like honestly, like when it really got painful and it was like, this is not what I want. And that's when you kind of step back and go, oh my gosh how did I get here? And then what am I going to do about it? So I think like we were talking about earlier, our goal, like with our clients is to help them have that first, like without having to go towards the out, without having to learn the hard way, if you will. And so I, I mean, I think this came about, we were just talking about how when we coach our clients and how it's a little bit different there's a lot of great ways to build a business, but if we're not from the very beginning talking about how do we do this so that it enhances the life or it, how do we build it around the life that we want and what is that even? Like, what does that look like and how do we make sure to keep that first or like front and center from the beginning so that we're not letting the business take over so we're not getting to that place of oh my gosh, now what? Like, this is not what I, I wanted. So I think that part of like the mindset and the healing coming first is so key because 
it's so much easier to do it. I don't want to say right (laughs) from the beginning than trying to correct something later, but we don't want to get to that place of the business is successful, but like, I don't feel like I'm having success. Right. Like it reminds me of a story that was so clear in my mind. I had two women that had a $40 million business together. I think it was like 42 million and they were both clearing a million each out of the business. And they came into my office and I said, well, what would you like? And they said, we'd like 2 million each. And then I said, what will having that do for you? And they both really paused, but one of them kind of looked down and I just stopped talking because I really wanted to know, like, why do they want 2 million? Like, what will having that do for them? And the woman that looked down, she finally looked up and this might've been like a minute pause, but it felt like 10 minutes, kind of one of those one minuters that it's like so dramatic. And then she looked up and she said, you're right. And I'm thinking in my head, like, what am I right about? I didn't even object. She said, I I thought 1 million would give me my life and I don't have it yet. I don't have it yet still. And so I thought 2 million until you asked that question. But really what, really what I want is the life that I want. I want time. I want to be able to enjoy life and I'm working way too hard to have this million dollars. Right. And that's where we come with some number. We're like, oh, I need a million dollars for what? Like, why? What will give you that? Like, I know people that make 200,000 and they're living the life of their dreams or even people that make less than 100,000 they're living the life of their dreams. It doesn't matter about the money. Remember, money is just a tool. It's just a tool to get it. It does make better. They always say money doesn't make happiness, but I'll tell you when you have a bad day and you have money, it's definitely better than a bad day with no money. I'll tell you that's that's for sure. So I I'm just Amen, being, brother. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm just being really real. But it doesn't mean that you have to be a millionaire to have a happy life. So the question goes back to what Stephanie and I were saying, and I want to bring it back to you, is like what like what you're saying, what is the experience you want? And then design it around that. And I think that's when we get backwards. We go for this thing that we're taught to do, and then we'll have the life. And again, that's like buying a house without even looking at it or just seeing if that's the house you like. And you're going to live there every day. Because that's life. You're going to live in this body every day with what choices you made. So I guess Melissa and Giovanni, like the same question. I just want to start with the awareness because maybe it's not easy for people to notice they're even doing this. Maybe this podcast will open up the awareness for some people. But when did you notice that you might be living not on track with your inner purpose? I'll just jump in here and say, I think that I don't know that I would say I wasn't doing what I thought my purpose was because for me, growing up with my workaholic dad, I loved going to his office. I loved being in corporations. I loved, you know, he was very entrepreneurial. So I always, my mom was a nurse and I knew I didn't want to do that, but I really loved business. And so I felt like that was my purpose, per se. And so I had this wonderful career. But I think when I started to realize that the career that I had didn't necessarily make me feel like my purpose was fulfilled, and and I'm saying it in a way, I think my purpose may have shifted You know, because it's not, you don't wake up and it's like, okay, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. But 
I think you you grow and you start to realize, you know what, if I'm going to work for maybe the next five or 10 years or however long I want to work, life is short. Like, what do I want to get accomplished? And is being in this place going to allow me to accomplish what I want at the end of my life, not knowing when I'm going to die? So, so for me, it just being able to create the awareness and just say, when is it like right now? I want to do what I want to do. I want to help people. I want to, I want to make sure that whatever legacy I'm leaving, I actually work on and I'm not working. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, well, yeah. And I guess to go a little one layer more on that, Melissa, is like, I get it. There's, it's not like a deep regret. Like you did go on a life of purpose and you followed it, a lot of the traits from your father and, and you went for that. And there was some gratification in that. So I think for me, from watching you, then at a certain point, you realize that wasn't, that wasn't everything for you. So there was a lot of learning. And even for me, like I did a lot of things I could look back that I will not do right now, but it doesn't mean that I regret doing that either just to be clear, like I, but, but I will also add though, for me, and it may not be the same experience for you, Melissa, but I think if I would have known this sooner, I probably would have made changes sooner. I will say that, but I'm not regretting. So I I agree with you. I know you went on a direction that felt good and you were following that. So I guess in a way you're still following your heart, but then at a certain point you realize it wasn't everything, I guess is what we're kind of getting at today. Yeah. And I think you, you, you begin to realize like, you know, you have a good life, you're comfortable. And I think a lot of people rest in the comfort because it's hard. There is some courageousness that comes into play for you to say, nope, I'm going to shift over here. I'm going to leave my job and leave this nice check and all of that. And I'm just going to start my own business. And most people will tell you like, are you crazy? (laughs) Like, why are you doing that? You have a good job. Like what? But it's not, it, there's more than that. Yeah, something was missing. It's like you had a meal, it was nourishing, but there was a flavor missing and you knew it was kind of bland. It wasn't giving you everything you wanted. Yeah, and maybe it was a really hard recipe too. You had to work hard to make that meal and, you know, it's just like. Hey, just a little extra salt, Mr. Italiano. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it brings all the flavor out, right? So I guess coming back to it, Where was the point when you knew it was time to make change, I guess? Well, for me, it was probably in 2019. I mean, it was after I started coaching with you one-on-one. And I had a previous coach, but it was you were kind of asking me different questions. And it was really about what do I want to do with my life? So you look around and you go, man, you're with a company for a long time, or maybe you're trying to do something in your own life. And then you you really start asking yourself some of those hard questions. What are you here for? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to accomplish? Like if you were to die today, like what did you do? Would people know that you were here? A lot of times, you know, you have that feeling like, oh, this is a cliche question. Like, Oh, what are you going to do before you die? But I think it's a real valid question and it has a lot of depth if you allow it to. And I've found that the more uncomfortable people are with talking about death, 
I've just noticed overall, those are the people that tend to be not living the life they want. And that's why we're afraid to talk about it because you know it's not okay. The more people that I know that are living in their truth, when you start talking about that, they're okay and accepting. You know, they know they're living in a good way. And if if the day came to end, that it was the end, then they knew that they lived in their truth. I think when we know deep down, even if you don't recognize it consciously, subconsciously, there's you're out of harmony in such a way that you, you, it's scary to talk about that that word right and so i think it's really important to ask ourselves that and if especially for me after being paralyzed two years ago it made me i always said you know design your life and then build your abundance around that build your business or your career around the design of your life and i've said that for years because i didn't live that melissa i definitely just built the career and then like then oh, i'll figure my life out later right kind of thing like any other things that i want and I too was passionate about what I did. I never felt like out of like a major out of alignment. Like I, I felt like I was enjoying the work I was doing, but I was out of alignment with my truth for my own life. And when that became clear, then I'd ask that and I started making those changes. Now, fast forward to being paralyzed. Now it made me add another step. So I look at it in three steps. Number one, what experiences do I want? And and asking that question that you just brought up, Melissa what do I want before I die? What are those things? What are the experiences that are really, really important to me? Okay, now I got to make sure that's designed. And again, going back to the house analogy, if I really know I want a toilet here or I want a kitchen here or I want the kitchen to be this way because I want to cook in this way or whatever it is, then I've got to know that I want those experiences in that house. Then I've got to design the house to have those experiences. And then you, then you, then you build it, right? And that that's the same with it. Now let's bring it back to life, right? What experiences do you want in your life? How do I design that life? And then I build my, then you basically build it and you create the abundance around that, which is scary, right? Like let's bring, because it, it's not what we know, right? We know how to make a paycheck. We've been doing that for so many years, or we know how to, even if you're entrepreneurial, you know, then you built a business and you, you know that it pays you and it covers your life. When you start really defining the experiences you want, then we're like, well, wait a minute. How do I make money doing that? But I do believe, like Alan Watts says, if you you could do anything, anything that your heart's desired, and if you do it enough time, you will become an expert in whatever that is, and then you will get paid a good sum of fee for that expertise. So, And I really mean anything. So far, we haven't been stumped. I've had businesses come from all different industry types. And people come to me all the time. They're like, yeah, I, I would quit my job and do this, but I can't make money doing that. And I'm like, oh, really? And, and that lights me up. I'm like, okay, let's pick this apart. And that I like designing that and say, so I tell everyone, come with your experiences and what you want, and then we're going to design it and we're going to build it, you know, and that's, but then not everyone has that help, right? And that's where when you're alone and you're saying, yeah, we really like to do that, but how do I do that? right? That's like going through the jungle by yourself, not knowing how to get out, right? Like you need a guide. You need someone that was born in the jungle that knows how to take you there. So that's why mentorship is so important in this. So I guess I'll, I'll pass the same question to you, Giovanni, to hear your input. Like if you did, like to Melissa's point, if and when did you realize maybe you were, you know, on a path of what other people told you to do versus what you wanted to do yourself and and like when did that awareness come or how 
Yeah, I think for me, what was, as you're asking the question, is like when you start to feel like you have, for me anyway, was like starting to feel like having more off days. And when I say off, I change, I swap that out for bad days. I don't say bad days, I say off days, because really if you're living in America, you don't really ever have bad days, you just have off days. And so when you start having more off days than on days or good days, whatever you want to, however you want to label that, and, and then you're starting to feel like a, an emptiness inside that you're not doing that you're either meant for something different or more or, or whatnot. But I think for me, it's kind of something like that. It's like, okay, like you're waking up and you're just not feeling motivated for whatever it is. You're not feeling like the life has kind of left you, right? You're just going through motions. You're just showing up for things. I'm not the happy go lucky person I typically am like what's going on okay then it's like taking stock and then like we've mentioned many many times on our podcast like pausing to just kind of take it in and then just like analyzing what's going on taking stock and then it's like okay like this is the root of what's going on like okay what can I do and I think we've guys all of us you have said it already but like finding that help, right? Wherever that may be. And in today's world, it's your fingertips, right? Whether somebody would work with us or your phone, like you can Google something, right? And I forget who says it, but when I was when I was going through like NLP coaching and everything, there was a book, it was a coaching book, and but something in the in one of the passages just said, even if somebody went to a light post every night. And just talk to the light post just to like let out all the thoughts and feelings that were going on. Like they would get change, right? So like speaking with another actual person who knows what you're going through and whatnot, like just dramatically like will change that. And so like, yeah, for me, like the healing is it's the only thing, whether you are already successful financially or you've reached your career goals or you're stuck somewhere, right? Like your mindset's first thing that the mindset and healing. And we just recently started calling it healing. And I think it's very appropriate to be calling it healing in conjunction with mindset, because that's really what you're doing. You're healing from the things that have hurt us in the past, right? Protecting us in whatever way as we were as a child, right? And like, I think it's yeah, the, the single most important thing that any one person can do. Because if you can help heal yourself, like, if everybody just focused on healing themselves, like, how much of a different world would we be in, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, like, one way that it paints the picture for me, Giovanni, is when you think about some, maybe you think of a friend or a relative that you know that has gone from bad relationship to bad relationship to bad relationship, right? And they keep, it's almost like a repeated pattern with a new partner, and even maybe sometimes it's extreme, maybe it's abusive and people can actually say, how is this possible? Why does this person keep getting into abusive relationships? Because we haven't done the inner work and we keep magnetizing the same record. It's like the song will keep playing until you learn the lesson, right? You know, it's this, this is part of the spiritual experience of life in a way. And I do say spiritual purposely because it is, it is that it is the spirit, the essence of what we're doing. And so it is working on that. And that's why I tell anyone that's having a rocky time in a relationship, the first thing to do is work on you. 
You know, we a lot of times it's the opposite, right? We think, oh, we're, if the other person would do this or if they would do that, then da 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 da, and we make a list of all the things they're doing wrong. If we would actually take that checklist back to ourselves and work on ourselves, then the relationship will change and maybe it can survive. And even if it doesn't, the chances are the next relationship will be a whole different level, right? You'll have evolved to another level and, and be ready for that. And that goes, that's not just intimate partners. That's like everything in life, all your relationships, right? You keep working on you. So if you notice in your life, anyone listening to this patterns like that, that's probably the first thing of awareness, right? Oh, I keep getting stuck in the same job position. I changed jobs and they said it was going to be different. And then I'm doing the same thing, right? Or, or I went to a new company and people started treating me like they did at the other company. Like, what? how is that? Right. And even on money, you know, I've always, people say, oh, don't change when you become rich. But the funny thing about that, well, it's not really funny, but the reality is you have to change to become rich in whatever it is. Rich could be a, a define of achievement, right? So to be successful, to move into success, the work is here with self. And when we have that, then we can, we can level up. So you will naturally change the people you hang around as you change. And it might not be money. Like it doesn't mean, oh, you're a millionaire now. And now all your friends are different. That does happen. That absolutely happens because you have to change. Unless you look at people that win the lotto, they become a millionaire. And then look at what happens. Within a matter of a few years, they're back where they were or worse or worse. Look at I think the NFL, out of all a lot of sporting uh, events, you see a lot of poverty. And I think NFL is the greatest. I, I can't remember the number. I, I'm not even going to try to quote it. But I think it was the NFL, uh, the National Football League here in America. And maybe I'm misquoting this, so I apologize. But I, th I thought they were like one of the highest. They had the most pro athletes that became homeless after being a pro athlete. Because no one trained them the inner work, like to work on themselves, nor financial management or any of that. Because even if you learn financial management, you're changing your personal beliefs, right? So any learning really is changing personal beliefs. And if you stay the same person, it doesn't matter if someone gives you a million dollars, you'll most likely lose it. Or if you have a happy relationship, like, like that's like the dating days, right? You're dating, you're dating. It's all exciting. woo! And then you get all serious and you move in and then you like hate each other, right? Like it's like, what the heck happened, right? So that is all inner work to your, to your point, Giovanni. And that's why I do believe mindset and healing comes first. If you want to improve your life, the fast thing, the fast way to do that and the, and the most reliable way and consistent way is to work on you. And I would be before we started, because we were just talking about this specifically, like around the business and stuff like that. But then I was like, well, there could be a case for it being the most important thing just in, in your life. And what came to mind was like, when you're able to work on yourself, since, you know, I have a two-year-old, my wife and I working on ourselves to improve ourselves to be a better example for her. So she has that to, that visualization, that those experiences to then have what we might not have ever had before right and like if we don't do that work then she's gonna get caught up in that loop of of whatever it is right kind of a thing so i think like there's a case that yeah, you were saying like any relationship or anything in your life if it's not it's not serving you then like it's something you need to work on and it's probably like one of the most important things i, I really truly believe 
that like if everybody in the world was was working on themselves to to I was gonna say to better themselves, but we're really getting away from that and like allowing themselves to be their true self, right? And again, as long as that doesn't hurt anybody, which really if you're letting your like inner being, your higher self, whatever we want to call it, shine through, that is usually pure love and it's not wanting to hurt anybody. But I'm putting that caveat just in case anybody has that. Well, they're hurting people, then that's not be them true selves. Just to add a, a layer on that to think, and I'm not saying this is any cl- conclusive evidence for me, but I have seen interviews discussing the most wealthy people in, in the world and or access to power. And when you do that, and there's no other goal, like you haven't done the inner work to decide what you really want in life, then you get addicted to the achievement. And then that's all your life is, right? So then it goes to that thing, oh, a million, oh, that's not enough, two million, oh, 10 million, a hundred million, a billion, going bigger. Then at some point, money now falls away from the excitement because you have all the money that can buy anything that you want in the world. So then what does that overachiever want to do? Then they tend to, not all, not at all at all. So either you awaken and you're like, oh, this money means nothing to me. I want to be spiritual or I want to do this. So that change can happen. But there are some cases where that money becomes the next addiction, which is power and control. I have all the money in the world now. All I, Now what's my next achievement? Oh, more control, more power and then so then and then see this is what if you are going spiritual again in a way the biblical way that this is what you would call satan right like you're you're going towards materialism anything away like so in one way as 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 however you want to interpret this but in many different spiritual texts not just the bible when you go towards those things you're going away from spirit and and that and spirit away is truth, right? Because your inner voice is your soul, you inside. So I think that's where then this quote unquote good and evil comes from, as I've studied it. And again, I still have a lot to learn, but I think when you go back to the inner voice that we're talking about, it going with all any spiritual text or studies, then you're going towards your truth, which tends to go towards spirit which then goes the, uh, that way, right? And then when you're going towards materials that are empty, right? They really are empty because they're just a tool, right? So what amount of money is going to get you what amount of things, right? And so when you're just trying to get the tool, it's like, I'm collecting hammers. One day I'm going to build a house. Oh my gosh, I have a million hammers now. <laughs> I'm going to build a house. I'm going to build more than one house now, I think. I'm going to go for 2 million hammers. We're going to build a neighborhood, you know? Oh, when are you going to do that? I don't know. I think I need 5 million hammers. We're going to go, yeah, 2 million wasn't enough. And and I'm working really hard to get the warehouse to hold all this. It's crazy, but we have a lot of hammers. We're almost there, everyone. We're, oh, <laughs> they got ridiculous. That sounds dollars or hammers. Dollars or whatever you want to call it. Even in farming, you know, dollars are seeds. Right. But are you planting them? What are you doing with the dollars? Silence. <laughs> Absorbing that. <laughs> Man, that one hit hard. Yeah. I'm just trying to collect my thoughts on that. Like, it's, it is like kind of like, let me ask you this then. Like, because our, our, our podcast really, we talk about this like quite a bit. And this is very much focused 
hyper focused on on the mindset and healing. And I, I hate doing like the one thing because it's never one thing, right? We're a collection of many things and experiences throughout our lives. But what's been the the biggest shift that you noticed within all? I'm asking all of you within just being aware of your mindset, right? Because there's a point in time when, and see if you remember how that goes, but I forget there's unconscious consciousness, that whole thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're unconsciously incompetent. So in that you're kind of blissful, right? You don't know that you don't know. Then you become aware that you don't know. So they call that the conscious incompetent. Now it kind of sucks. Like I know that I, I suck. <laughs> like, ah. Oh. And then that usually drives you if you want to learn that thing, then that drives you to become uh, consciously competent, right? So you'll learn that thing. If you want to learn that thing, you realize you don't know it and then you learn it and you become consciously competent. Then past that is the unconscious competent. Those are the people that have been doing it so long that now it looks like it's just a part of their arm. And you're like, whoa, did they, were they born with a guitar? Like, what the heck? They can play it like nothing. Well, yeah, because they put hours and hours and hours, years into that instrument or whatever it is, whatever your craft is, it becomes, it's kind of for me, like the first speaking engagement I had in 2007, I was so scared. I, they asked me to speak on one of the awards we won for our market and I asked them to interview me. I said, I don't know exactly what you want me to say. Like, it was exactly like that. I was like, can you just interview me on stage? And they're like, oh, sure, we could do that. So I didn't even know, I didn't even know how, to, how to write a speech, what to say, like any of those things. I said, well, you can just ask me questions. I'm happy to talk about that. To the point where I'm at now, where there's definitely formulas and engaging the audience. How do I bring those? And I'm at a point now, Giovanni, where you could say, Steve, someone needs a speaker, like right now. I would run over there and I could do it. But in 2007, Steve, no way. I, I would, you know, maybe I would, if I, if it was like, you're like, Steve, I'm so desperate. Please come. Maybe I would have like done something, but it wouldn't, but I don't even know. I don't even know. I'd be like, find someone else. <laughs> but, but yeah, like now it's like a no brainer because it is unconscious. So let's pause real quick and take a break and we'll be right back. I just want to have an expression of gratitude right now for Pro Audio Voices. They're the ones that uh, produce my podcast. And Becky and her team are amazing. And for those of you that know me, I'm all about WOW clients, WOW partners. And Pro Audio Voices is a WOW partner for me. And if you want to learn more, you can go to ProAudioVoices.com and you can learn about them. They also do audiobooks and they're just amazing people. Thank you, Becky. Well, I don't know if I can say mine is unconscious, but I'm I'm working in that direction. But I think I think what's interesting is that it the awareness brings a level of clarity and focus that actually allows me to listen to to really hear and listen to what my direction is supposed to be. And I don't think I have in my 30-year corporate career, 40-year corporate career, I don't know that I really listened that well to my own consciousness. And so for me, I think when you talk about healing as a part of that, it's like you have all these emotional wounds and you walk around with them, but it doesn't allow you to free up your mental space 
and channel your energy in a way that allows you to focus on the work or as Steve says, kind of the one thing to win. And, and yeah, and that, and that is the focus. Like Giovanni said, we don't all have one thing, but you want to focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. I, I guess in that way, and I don't mean to, I hope I didn't jump over you on that, Melissa, but you didn't have a telephone pole to go talk to you, to Giovanni's point, right? Like, and, and in corporate, corporate work and in even entrepreneurial work, we're so busy grinding and doing the work. When do you have time to even go talk to a telephone pole, right? And and who would do that, right? Like, so having that context makes it in a way kind of a weird way, but that's why journaling is so important. So journaling is another way, in effect, a way to talk to to talk to yourself, right? And that's why like really everyone should have a coach or a therapist, someone to talk to because journaling and talking to the telephone pole, what does that mean? You have to be habitual. You have to be accountable to yourself to go talk to the telephone pole or open up a journal and write. And and when we're so busy with life, like like I know you were, Melissa, when are you going to fit that in? It's like, oh yeah, that would be nice. Like I, I know you're smart enough to be aware of that. But I can all, and I've been there too, Melissa, like I have like, yeah, right. Good, good luck ha- having time to journal or go talk to a telephone pole. Are you kidding me? Like we would think, okay, you're crazy. Right. But that's where a therapist or coach comes in because then it's an appointment. And if we're paying for it, whether it's covered by insurance or not, or if there's a copay or the time, even if you have the money covered to go see a therapist, then you're committing the time to be there at a certain time. And now you're obligated to that other person. And then like Giovanni said, then you're talking out loud. And if you're talking about your life out loud, chances are you're going to become more self-aware and with more self-awareness, you're going to make better choices. And with better choices, you're going to have a better life. Right? So, and we think sometimes we're going to talk to our significant other or other family members, but then that never happens either because we're too busy. Well, but I mean, even if you have, I had, a spiritual foundation. I mean, I, I mean, that is, I spent a lot of time in prayer and all of that, but I think because you have so many things going on, like you don't necessarily listen. And for me, it was slowing down enough. Steve kept telling me, it's like, you need to slow down. And it was like, slow down to like 50 or like 10 miles per hour. Like, what are we talking about? And he was like, slower. <laughs> yeah, I think at one point I'd tell you to stop. I said, no, no, Melissa, it's time to pull over. <laughs> yes, you totally were like, dude, like, pull the car over and take a pause. And so I'm not sure I knew how to really slow down that much to be able to tap into that level of clarity and mindset specifically. Because I think there's a lot of things that we trip over on ourselves that we don't realize is a pattern from a generation ago. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's important that you say, like, you definitely did have your spiritual side already, like, and you were studying. And I think that's why I say meditation. Some people say, oh, do you mean praying? And And I say, I do pray, but I meditate because... The word, the reason that I use both of those terms and and I meditate every day is because that is being quiet and listening, right? And and I think that's where a difference, like when you're in a hurry and you're like, please let this happen or help me with this. And those are all good things. I'm not saying don't start sharing those things that are important in your heart or, you know, 
caring and sending energy or praying for people around you that need help and all those things. Those are still good things. I'm not saying don't do that. Please don't take it this way. But I'm also saying also give enough time to pause and listen and you will get answers. And that will come as instinct. You'll hear voices in your head and you can say, it's like, oh, I just intuitively knew this thing, but that's actually spirit talking to you if you would listen. So I guess I'm curious, you had all that going on, Melissa, so you kind of said it, but maybe just reinforce it. Like what, would you say it's just giving yourself time to listen? Would that be the answer to that? Like what took it to the next level for you? Well, I think when you also, when you have a spiritual life, a lot of times you're thinking of others. How can I help? Like, what can I do? And so when you start turning it on yourself for mindset, because mindset is is me. And for me, it's like, that's where the hard work starts because you have to figure out, like, what is it that you really want? Start asking yourself some of the hard questions. Like, does that, does this issue really mean something? Is it going to mean something in five years? Maybe not. Do I need to do something different? Am I working in the space that I really enjoy and love? Like, just start asking yourself, like, why are you doing what you're doing? And I think you start to realize whether you're doing it because your parents did it or what you're supposed to do. If you're an artist, there's a book that I read a while back called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And she talks about how artists, this our society just discounts artisans all the time, whether the art world in general. And we don't, it's like somebody says, oh, I want to be an artist when I grow up. It's like, what is your real job going to be? You need a plan B or whatever. And so I think a lot of it is just being able to focus on what is it you want and how can you get there, but to really tap into your own mindset and, and eliminate the clutter. It's like, remember the clean, clean desk policy at your, at your office? It's like, why did they want a clean desk? So that you don't have all the clutter, right? Amongst other things. So you have to get that clutter kind of out of your head. And I think for me, when you have kids and you're commuting and you have a job that's demanding and all of those things, there's enough clutter in there to keep you busy for years. As you were talking, Melissa, like some things that are coming up is like, even specifically when you're just talking right now, like all that clutter and like as busy people, which we kind of are these days, right? We're just kind of, we have so many different things, whether it's work life, business life, side hustle family life, personal life, whatever, just millions of different things being one million different directions. It's like, what was coming to mind is like, you need somebody, someone to help point out those things or help you focus on those important questions about mindset. Even if you are a spiritual person, that's huge. Like you were saying, it's like, it's helping others, right? What can you do for others when you need somebody to help turn in or help you turn in and focus on specific things like, well, what would you actually like to do, right? And I think, again, for me, it just keeps coming back to like, if we all worked on that, like how, like if you went to your church, I don't know if they have all churches or cold congregation, but if you had a congregation and everybody was started to work um, on themselves rather than like, how can I help you? But like, how can I help myself? Like how much that changes and how much that would actually help other people, right? 
but yeah like i think when you're just saying all that it was like yeah we need sometimes we need someone or something maybe even just to help us focus or ask those questions of us right like you said with you before steve you had a coach but when you met steve he was like asking these really question these good questions of like well, what would make you happy what do you want to do like those kind of things were like even remember i've been past podcasts like like to have fun right like i don't even know what fun is like I think in congregations, it's looked down upon in our society overall, not even just in churches. It's looked at as selfish, right? But but then we know conceptually, like if if we're ever been on a commercial airline, if the oxygen mask drops, hopefully it never does for you. But then you put it on yourself first, because if you don't, you help like three other people, and then you pass out because you can't breathe. That would be the same. And it just popped into my head. I've never thought of this. But even if you go biblical and even if you talk about Jesus for a second, like from what I understand, like he disappeared for a whole lot of time, right? He went and did a whole spiritual journey himself to become who he was. So like a lot of times I think we see heroes and they're saving and serving and all of that. But does as everyone gone back to look at the backstory and see how did they become that person? Because... I'll bet you there's a ton of work. And I think we all try to be the hero first before we actually go work on ourselves and figure out who we are. So I think, yeah, I think Giovanni just put from like 12 to 30 and I didn't have the exact, I knew it was that. I know it was like very young age. That's a whole lot of time to become a master, right? And that is what what occurs. And and you could say, oh, but that, that was anointed, right? That was already spiritually given, but that goes back to you and your inner gift. You are given a gift. You have an inner calling. Are you, one, listening to it? Two, are you giving yourself enough time to develop that and then serve others? You know, put the oxygen mask on you first and it'll it'll be better. And to your point, Giovanni, how different would the world be if everyone wasn't... Because when you're not living your life, we tend to get grumpy, short, uh, attention span, all kinds of things. So give yourself permission to be a little selfish, but it really is life-giving to everyone. We knew this was going to be a deep one, right? When we start saying, okay, we're going to focus on mindset and healing first. And how healing is this for all of us, just to say all this out loud again, because it's not like we're done. We're still working too. So I think this is a blessing. We do have maybe seven minutes or so if i know we don't go exact on time like every podcast is a little bit different but we're in that ballpark so if that gives everyone a timer you know what i always i always come back i know even you brought up giovanni like not hitting the one thing but it is nice to know what to focus on first so i don't know does anyone think what what is a one or two step thing or or just any other final thoughts for this episode what are people going to do, right? You're hearing this and maybe you're a little scared. What What are each of your thoughts around what to do if if they want to make change in their life? So like I usually said that the scared part, like, because I think we kind of were talked about it, like you got a nice picture, like the golden handcuffs, right? We didn't say those words, but like having people, a lot of people have the golden handcuffs. They make really good money. They might not like what they're doing and it's hard to walk away from from that right and i don't know what's going to kind of come to mind is like is like step into that like look at yourself on that path and then 
see yourself in the future and like how your life will be and then try to step outside of that and see the other path of what you actually want to do and are meant to do and like see what your life would look like that way and see which one feels right. A friend told me this trick uh, a long time ago about how to make decisions, right? If you're an indecisive person, let's get a coin, what two-sided of something, right? And you flip it, heads, tails, right? And then it doesn't matter what it lands on, but it matters about the feeling that you have when it lands on that thing. So if you said heads, it is this thing and it lands on heads and you're like, mm, that doesn't feel good. And you're like, okay, so that's the other choice. It's kind of like looking at that, like first, like step in, be aware of like that scared, like almost jumping off a cliff. You probably feel like you're jump, about to jump off a off cliff without any protection, not a parachute. There's no plane. There's no hoverboard. You know, there's nothing there for you. There's no net at the end at the bottom kind of a thing. And when you step into that, there actually is kind of like that scene from what was it? Was it the Raiders of the Lost Ark? where Indiana Jones has to walk across and there's nothing there. There's like this huge gap, right? And he takes the first step and there's like this invisible bridge or whatever, but he had to have the faith to kind of move forward kind of a thing. So kind of getting back to this is just like have the faith in yourself that like the mindset is the the way to go. And like you always said, it's, you never just make a, a 180 shift in your business you don't just like quit your job like within that hour or minute of a decision right you just kind of you transition yourself through things but really if nobody if you took nothing else from us all the the tools and resources that we have like i think this would be the most important thing to like that will change your life is just work on your mindset and even if you don't think that you, you need to work on your mindset like hearing this podcast like we'll get your mind going that you need to work on your mindset. Like even if you're the richest person in the world, you still need mindset work, right? There's still things that we're human. Well, we all kind of need that, that there. So that's my penny, my two cents will drop for you. Well, that's a great piece of advice because when you heal one thing, something else pops up and we don't really know. I feel like what's going to be triggered or what's going to show up for us in terms of like a limiting belief or whatever until we have that experience so we're always learning and growing and I think one of the things that helped me sort of prioritize my own mindset my healing my mental health whatever it was was Steve to say like this is actually part of your job like that if you think of it that way like this is my job my job is to work on myself to prioritize my mindset, whether it's my meditation, my journaling, my education, whatever that is, because that's what's going to allow me to serve others better. So it does go back to the the gas mask thing or the oxygen, not gas, don't put on a gas mask. <laughs> put, it on, put on your oxygen mask. Um, but it, it's harder to work on yourself. It's easier to just say, oh, I want to go out and help people. Like, it's not easy to work on yourself. And I think that's probably why a lot of people don't do that or prioritize that because it's not easy to do that, but it's so rewarding. And I found that when I did make it my job to to work on myself and to put that first before anything else, it, things did start to feel better. I did start to reach new heights in my career because I did start to 
unblock some things that may have been holding me back or some things that maybe were not healthy habits. Just even looking like this morning in my meditation, it was about the attachments that we make to something, whether it's an outcome or an action or whatever it might be. And sometimes the mind is always wanting, like it was built and designed to want, like it wants the thing that we need. It wants the thing that we desire. We're always wanting. And so when we try to back off of that and really like lead with love, it gives us freedom because it's less we're putting others first. In this case, we're showing love to ourselves. It does bring the freedom. So I think as you guys were talking, there were so many things that were popping up for me and there's no way for me to get back and figure out what that was. But I think it does come down to saying like, I am important. I am loved. I deserve to be loved. And if I want to love more, love myself, love others, then we really have to heal ourselves so that we can have what we want like in this life. So beautifully said. Thank you. And and I know there's so much to say on each of these podcasts. That's why we keep making them. But if we run out of stuff, then I guess there'll be the end of this. But it's, we're, we haven't found that spot. Thank you so much for sharing this time with me. And and I, I do. I think it's great that you ended with that love saying, Stephanie, that it is really loving yourself. And that's the saying, right? You can't love anyone else until you love yourself, right? They say you can't fully or so. I think this is the word fully in there. You can't fully love someone else until you love yourself or love yourself fully and then you can love others fully. It really is true because this is a mirroring universe. So finding that harmony inside yourself will then spread the harmony. And that's how you can feel it. Like in a closing idea in your mind, like how many of us have ever gone to a, a party or an event and you either had a negative vibration from it, it didn't feel good and you wanted to leave, or you had a really good vibration and all this joy and you you wanted to stay and like you went home filled with more joy and love. That is what we are putting out, right? So, and we can see that, right? You can just be in the store and see someone that's not happy and you can feel that vibration coming off of them. So going back to creating more love and light vibration, we are doing that by taking care of ourselves. So it's it's inner work, right? It, the better the roots, the the better the tree, right? <laughs> it's going to be it's that inner work. So I am so thankful to have uh, all of you here with me to share in these conversations. I hope this is useful for you listening and please let us know. Like definitely subscribe if you want to hear more of these give us some feedback let us know what you learned and what was most important and even what would you like to hear us talk about more we really really will take all of your comments seriously and bring everything that we can onto this podcast so i will end with this choose gratitude and create freedom thank you so much we'll see you on the next podcast bye Thanks for listening to the More Business, More Life podcast. I hope you got value. And if you did, we have so many more things for you at stevenopleton.com. You'll be able to connect with us on social media. We are active. You can ask us questions. And then on top of that, I want to give you a really big gift. And it truly is. We want to give so much value. We have an offering. It's a program called Clear Path to Customers. It's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people, the people we want to. And it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients. 
and we're doing it absolutely free. So you can go to stevenopolitan.com and grab that. You just got to put in your information. We'll send it to you promptly. And that again is on stevenopolitan.com. I look forward to having you on the next show. Until then, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.